Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullah wa barakatuhu. I'm uh, sure that uh, most of you, at one time or another, have gone to see a play. And you picked the date that it was playing, and you bought tickets, and then you sat in the audience and you watched the performance. I'm sure you're also aware of the fact that if you went the next night or the night after that or a month later, it would be the same thing. You would see the same play. Imagine the actor in the play who's performing uh, the play. Every night they're saying the same lines and moving in the same directions and walking around the stage and making the same faces over and over and over as long as that play runs. And sometimes, you know, they run for uh, years and then they travel throughout the country. Uh, it's the same way uh, with comedians. They have a prepared 60 minutes of jokes and they go from stage to stage throughout the country repeating those jokes in front of new audiences who haven't heard them yet. Now, imagine the tedium that the person doing the performance must hit after a certain amount of time. And imagine the difficulty in trying to bring life to that same thing every time over and over when you're saying the same thing over and over. In other words, when everything is scripted and you're repeating the script over and over, what do you do in order to bring a freshness and a life to what you're doing uh, even though you've done it so many times. Now, the good actors have this ability to say it each time as if it were the first time even though it's rehearsed. They sort of have this ability to bring life to the words. The mediocre actors don't and then it becomes flat and it's flat for them and it's flat for the audience. Now within acting there's another kind of acting which is called improvisation and in improvisation uh, they have groups that do this you'll put a few people on stage you'll throw a scenario at them, you'll give them each roles, and then you'll tell them to talk without scripts, without anything pre-written, um, without stage directions, without break directions, without any directions, uh, without a director. Uh, and that's why it's called 
improvisation. It's made up as it goes along. Now, many of us have a belief that our life is made up as it goes along. That we improvise our life as we go along and that we are constantly making decisions at each step of the way depending on the circumstances that we encounter. Well, that's an interesting belief system. But the truth is that it's not true. Because for most people, they are conditioned to react to situations in old established ways through all of the habits and habitual uh, uh, things that they've picked up over the years. So that when something happens, even though they may think that they are reacting newly to that situation, they're reacting from what they've learned before. Now, what's this got to do with uh, a spiritual path? What does this have to do with the way? Well, I'm always uh, often asked about prayer and how do you keep prayer exciting? How do you keep your way uh, within prayer meaningful? And that has to do, at least in the uh, uh, Islamic prayer, with the fact that the prayer is ritualistic and the prayer contains repetitive portions to its nature. So, in the same way that a good actor is able to bring life to his performance every night because he owes it to his audience and because he is able to infuse these words that he knows by heart with life and he's able to make it as if he's saying them for the first time every time in the same way when you do a repetitive prayer that you know by heart you need to be able to do the same thing you need to be able to infuse it with life as if you're doing it for the first time not just for yourself but for your audience who is your audience in this situation Allah is the audience don't you owe it to Allah to be able to bring that feeling of first love to each prayer that you do for him shouldn't you be able to bring the passion that comes with the initial reaction to finally yearning for him understanding him wanting to know him well some people can do that 
and some people can't. Some people get caught in the habit of the prayer and the prayer becomes entirely habit. I have been with people uh, in Islamic countries where we went into the mosque with them and they were finished with their prayers in seconds. Uh, it was something that they did but they weren't really there while they were doing it. Now we all know and we are all of the aware of the fact that we can do things without being there. How many people do you see driving their car while they're on the phone? Now what are they doing? Are they driving the car or are they on the phone? Well, even though when you do your prayers you may not be on the phone, but are you in the prayer or are you talking about somebody else in your head? Are you talking to somebody else in your head? Where is your location? Are you in the past? Are you in the future? Or are you into the moment of what you're doing? <clears throat> now, a Sufi is called a son of the moment. What does that mean? That means that they don't exist in the past and they don't exist in the future. They are right now. Imagine if in all of your actions you had no context with the future. Imagine if all you things that you did were for right now and had no uh, context to what what you did now would do for you later. You just did what was right at this moment. You can see pretty easily that if you're capable of doing that, a lot of the egocentricity that exists in us or the self-motive that exists in us or the reasons that we do things for what we'll get by doing them would fade away. Because if the future isn't there to get it, then we don't need it. We only need what we need at this moment. It changes the way that we act. But something else happens too. When you are able to focus without a past and without a future, you focus in a different way. Imagine, if there is no past, and if there is no future, and there only is this moment, there is no passage of time. And somehow, you have been removed from time. What makes you rush through prayers? The fact that you have something else to do. The fact that it somehow impinges on your time. Now, if you're not subject to time, what happens? Where does your mind go? How does your mind go? What changes internally when you don't watch your watch? What changes internally when you're not aware of time? What changes internally when you're not rushed? 
What changes internally when you're not thinking about what's going to happen next? What changes internally when you're in a state of absolute consciousness that is attached to just this second? What changes? Well, it's been said that there's a section in our mind, a section in our brain, that when we are being totally creative, that we lose touch with time. It's said that a painter who is totally connected to the work that he's doing can paint and, and totally concentrated on the work that he's doing can be involved painting a painting for eight, ten hours and appear when he's finished to have only been there for a moment. A sculpture does the same thing. A writer totally transfixed in the flow of words and totally connected to them, the same thing. Somebody who is talking extemporaneously without thinking about what they're going to say, the same thing happens. Somebody who's listening to something that's going on extemporaneously, who goes into the flow of the extemporaneous nature of what's going on, is also pulled out of time. And time doesn't seem to hold a burden on them. So, it should become evident, through what I've said, that we need to be able to somehow find ourselves in the moment. We need, in order to be closer to Allah, not to worry about the past or be involved in the future. We need to be here with him now, not later, not tomorrow. We need that communication now. So that means we have to go into the state of now. And how is that state of now available to us? What is a way that in our prayer or in our meditation we can bring that state into being? That state of now has a tremendous peace to it because there's no anxiety about the future. There's no anxiety about what's going to happen next. There's no anxiety about what's going to become. So there's a peacefulness because we're not worried about what's next. We're only in the moment and we can feel the full life of that moment. And in feeling the full life of that moment, there's a transformation within us because now... We're no longer subject to the past and the future. So there's this incredible burden that's lifted from our being because we're no longer carrying all the things that we've picked up in the past. They're gone. We're no longer carrying all the anxieties that we have about the future because they're gone. Why are they gone? Because we're only in this moment.
and we realize the perfection of this moment. So, how do we go to that place? We go to that place by entering into, into a true conversation with Allah about this moment. And that true conversation can happen in a number of ways. First, there is the supplied ritualistic prayer. We have to be able, when we say Alhamdulillah Irabil Alameen, mean it for that moment. Be involved with it for that moment. Catch it as if it's the only words in existence. So even though it's, in a sense, pre-recorded for us, or scripted for us, we bring it to life. And each time we say it, we say it in an absolutely new and astonishing way, and we revel in its relevancy, its importance, it, in its transcendence. In addition, we can also try to enter into a stream of consciousness with Allah. In other words, talk directly to Allah without thinking about what we're going to say. So that we enter into a place where we speak without thinking. We just let the words flow. We let the words come out of us without trying to pre-write them or preconceive them. We see what comes as it comes. It is without preconception. It is spontaneous and as it comes spontaneously from us, we continue to stay in the moment because that spontaneity doesn't have a past and a future because it's not preconceived and we're not we don't have anxiety about the words coming out. If we had anxiety about the words coming out, they would stop. If we thought about what was going on in the past, the words would stop. So we have to learn how to begin a free flow exchange of words with Allah. Now, these words while we're having them, of course, have to have limits on them, what we can say, have to have a nature to them of how we say them, have to have an attitude about them in the way that we present them. We need to anoint ourselves so that we become holy enough to say these words. We need to condition ourselves so that the words that flow from us are worthy of placing before our Lord. So we have to contemplate the state of our being and get our being in an appropriate manner to present these words to our Lord. We have to do wudu. We have to wash. We have to cleanse ourselves. And we have to cleanse our ideas. And then, as we purify ourselves, we have to take our pure self to our Lord and let go a pure stream of conversation with him, a pure stream of interaction with him, a pure stream of he is all that exists 
at this moment. And in that, we find a contentment. In that, we find a peace. In that, we find repose. We find this quiet, still place that is everlasting, that never changes. Or is changing constantly, yet eternally the same. We need to go to that place. We need to understand how to go to that place. And we have to make, when we're not in that place, a conscious effort to get back to that place. We need to understand that for us to be truly on the path in the spiritual sense, we have to find that moment that is the only thing that exists. We have to be in the moment that is without time, in the moment that doesn't move, and we have to bring ourselves to that place. This is an integral part of the Sufi work. And unless we understand that, and unless we understand how to go to that place, we're doing everything that we're doing in the milieu of illusion, on the backdrop of illusion, on the, uh, on the canvas of illusion. It's only when we pull ourselves off the canvas of illusion and step outside of time and be content in that space that we've left illusion and we begin to enter reality. We need to understand this. It's an incredibly important understanding. And with this lesson, we can change, dramatically change, our nature, our attitudes, our way, and our life. Because in those moments when you leave the canvas of illusion, truth will come to you. And the words that flow through you will become your own teacher. The words that flow through you will show you the way. We need to understand how that works and how to become involved in that. May Allah allow us each to go to that place. May he take us to that moment outside of time that is reality and is with him. Amin, amin, ya Rabbil alamin. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.